Joining us now is the governor of the great state of Minnesota, Tim Walls. Good morning and welcome back, sir. Hi, Freddie. Hi, Chantel. Good to be back with you. Always good to talk with you. You just wound up uh, an incredible session for all Minnesotans, and there are a lot of great wins, especially for those who are historically marginalized. Can you talk about the the people who are really excited, the 55,000 Minnesotans who are no longer incarcerated, but uh, they're able to contribute to society? Tell us about that bill that helps them. That's right. These are our neighbors. We know that folks who do wrong, they pay their penalties. Uh, 97% of them come back out and be our neighbors. We got a whole bunch of folks, about 55,000, that are trying to reintegrate, trying to do the right thing, contributing, paying taxes, um, and couldn't vote. Um, and so we restored the vote to those folks. And, and my hope is they get engaged. We need their voice. We need to make sure we, we bring in their life experiences. And uh, I'm just really proud of this because I think this is the type of thing when we, we have folks uh, come back out after incarceration, they need to have a skill set. They need to have homes. Um, they need to be welcomed back um, after they did their, their time and they, they paid their This is a good one. You also uh, had bills that pass that support people who work across Minnesota, no matter their zip code, no matter where they are in the metro or greater Minnesota, with the Jobs and Economic Development Budget Bill. Yeah, this is really important, this workforce development piece of this, of making sure, you know, things to help families, um, things like paid medical leave, those are important. But we also have about a half a billion with a B dollars in there um, around Minnesota investment funds and different things we can do. We targeted money to Lake Street and making sure that we're rebuilding some of the destruction that happened. Um, but we're also making sure that marginalized communities have a chance for generational wealth, making sure these businesses get a chance to start. Things like down payment assistance um, to allow people to buy homes. All of these things are about economic growth. When you can bring some stability to families, child tax credit, get some checks back in their pockets, um, all of those things put the potential that Minnesota um, can be that best place for you and your family to live. So I'm, I'm excited about the potential. I think entrepreneurs out there, folks thinking about starting businesses, folks wondering, you know, how do they get a house? Uh, those things are all coming, and um, I think that bodes well for Minnesota. Talk about the work with the uh, BIPOC coalition with uh, among the members, uh, Senator Bobby Champion and Representative Cedric Frazier. Oh, my goodness. I mean, having the president of the Senate being uh, Bobby Joe Champion, and let's be honest, first time we've had this much uh, diversity in leadership positions. We had communities that were kind of, you know, around the edges, picking up the scraps that were left. We're at the center of how we invest in those. And when you had Cedric Frazier talking about this, we all want public safety, but we understand it's more complex than that. We need to have fairness, and we've seen that from the Department of Justice. What folks knew, that the law wasn't being applied equally to everybody involved, and we just need to make that happen. Um, I think having that leadership in there, these are folks that were championing issues across the spectrum. Um, Just things on recognition, too. We just recently celebrated uh, the first official Juneteenth mm-hmm. uh, commemoration. We got rid of discrimination based on air. Um, these are all steps in the right direction, but I think having leaders like that, you know, just so many people of color, so many folks in the black community that that were there, brought their expertise, and, and simply got things done. I, I don't know if we've seen a session like this, maybe in Minnesota's history, especially. We keep talking about this Minnesota miracle. It wasn't a miracle. It was a lot of hard work by some of the folks you mentioned. But the other thing was is the so-called Miller, you know, Minnesota miracle of 73 did do a lot, but let's be honest, it left a lot of folks out, um, especially the black community. And I think what's different this time is we're making the case that everybody's going to be part of what this, this session did.
It's interesting. I remember when you were running for governor in the first leg of it, you talked about uh, one Minnesota. Is the texture of what you see now following the section what you envisioned, or is it even more expansive than what you imagined when you first decided to throw your hat in the ring to become governor of the state of Minnesota? Well, I think it's what we maybe dreamed could happen. And what I'm most uh, you know, grateful for, Freddie, is, is that I think folks are used to bad things happening fast. And then good things take forever. <laughs> this idea you need to be patient. You know, someday you'll get to own a house and all this. I think this sense of urgency and, and the sense of getting it done was even better um, than I would have expected. And, and when I talk about One Minnesota, it's certainly about equity in the black community. But, but it's also about making sure Greater Minnesota was well served. And the Mankato Free Press said might have been the best session that they've ever seen for Greater Minnesota. And I think some of this stuff needs to be named, too, Freddie. You mentioned this, you know, restoration of felon voting rights. The folks who are opposed to this, they, they now say some of the quiet stuff out loud. They were fearful that this were black urban residents. And let's be clear, the vast majority of those 55,000 are white folks in Greater Minnesota. And so this idea that, that everybody benefits from this and the things that the black community has been asking for benefits folks across the state. So I think... The reality of what was able to get done um, was as expansive as I hoped, but I'll tell you what, it took an incredible amount of work, it took an incredible amount of discipline amongst those legislators, and to be very honest, it took the community saying, look, we waited too long, you need to get this stuff done. We have folks, formerly incarcerated folks, that were out there organizing on a massive scale to get the voting rights done. And I just have to tell you, Freddie, I was in uh, Apple Valley for the 4th of July parade, walking down the street, and there was a gentleman sitting on the sidewalk, very normal American day, sitting on the sidewalk with his family, took off his sunglasses and said, thanks for giving my vote back. Wow. Um, it's powerful. Mm. I mean, just think, of the, just think of the sense of being part of his community this person felt. And, and you know that most of these crimes are committed when folks are young, they're committed out of poverty, or they're committed um, because of chemical addictions. And, and certainly people should pay a price for what they do. We need to keep other folks safe. But the vast majority of folks who do their time come back they just want to get reestablished, and I think it makes good sense for us. If we can get folks in homes, we get our kids with full bellies because now they get food at school starting, you know, last week. Um, we're just in a better spot. Everyone, we're talking with Governor Tim Walls, and I've got my, my list here, sir, is so long, but uh, you mentioned education, and let's wind up there. Uh, Minneapolis Public Schools, is uh, in, their budget is upside down. St. Paul talks about uh, running on a deficit budget. Can you talk about uh, resources to help uh, the, those kids who are in school? Because that's where it all starts. If we can get the gr great education, and as you mentioned, putting food in the stomachs of students, that helps uh, long term. Can you talk about that as we say goodbye this morning? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And what I would say, Freddie, is, is that, you know, these issues that we have, it's always better. We talk about this achievement gap. It's always better to close it earlier. I'm telling you, this is where parents now can stay home for some time with their kids after they're born because we got paid family medically. They're in a safe house. They know their kids got plenty of food. We cap the price of some prescription drugs that folks need to have. All of these things, that little one gets to school at age five. If they're in a stable household with plenty of food to eat and their folks have a good paying job and have health care or whatever, we're going to save money in our schools. We have to spend a ton of money when kids come with all the trauma that goes with not taking care of some of these things. So we made historic investments. We need to make sure we're paying our teachers. We need to make sure that um, that each and every child, regardless of where their school is, where their zip code is, color their skin, are getting this opportunity. Because, look, it's the right thing to do, but we need the workers. 
We need these kids to start businesses. We need them to become engineers, doctors, teachers, artists, whatever they need to be. So I'm excited about the potential. I just, this, you know, and this country's going through a lot right now. And there's some states that saying, look, we're going to ban books. We're saying we're going to ban hunger. Um, there's a big difference of what's going on. So I hope Minnesotans, um, are taking advantage of this, are proud of what they did together. And if you see one of those legislators, thank them for the work. Our producers are telling us we have 30 seconds left. Governor, I'll give it to you. What do you like? How would you use those last 30 seconds? Yeah, good to be with you. I'll give with you more. Just look, I think there's an opportunity here. I think we're not going to shy away from this idea of equity. We know there's historical barriers and historical racism to put the community behind. We can focus on public safety and economic growth. We can focus on equity. Um, but if Minnesota is going to survive, we need to make sure that all of our communities and the black communities thriving, not just getting by, thriving. So I think this legislative session puts us on a path. Governor Tim, thanks for being with us this morning on KMOJ. Yeah, good to talk to you both. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye.